0: SOS Radio on demand.
1: It changed my heart.
0: On demand.
1: It changes your life.
0: Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast.
1: A few years back, I was talking to some of the leaders at City Hall in our area about some of the social challenges in our region that we face consistently through the years that haven't seen a lot of breakthrough. And many of these city leaders are telling me that addiction was the number one stronghold that our area has faced consistently. We're actually talking with John Elmore today at SWS Radio. He leads one of the largest weekly recovery gatherings in the world. And John has a story himself from coming from some of the darkest places to find a freedom and hey what's going on john hey scott great
0: to be with you and your listeners today so honored
1: it's wild john how there's almost a progression of sin that comes out of addiction we'll say addiction is the number one challenge that we face in our area but then you'll see jobs homelessness education the breakdown of the family human trafficking you see like these are almost a manifestation out of a lot of the sentiments of addiction
0: yeah, 100%. So people oftentimes think with whatever their thing is, whether it's drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be, they think like, hey, I'm not hurting anybody. This is just something I do with myself. But it's never the case with addiction and sin. There's a ripple effect. There's collateral damage. And so you can't keep it self-contained. There's no life hack that'll keep you from this expanding beyond your sphere. And so it does. It hits the family. It hits your job. It's what the Bible says when it says sin leads to death. It just leads to relational death, occupational death, familial death. It's this ripple that you just can't stop once it starts.
1: So, John, tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, the reason why I'm even a guest with you today it's
0: not because I lead one of the world's largest recovery ministries. It's because I was an alcoholic. So 12 years of alcoholism, I had three doctors tell me, if you keep drinking like this, you're going to die Um, because my addiction had got so far out of control. I was losing everything. I mean, you talked about how addiction leads to the breakdown and homelessness. I was sleeping on a couch. And I was just ready to end. I was done. I was done with the pain in this life. But God rescued me. Someone asked me if I could stay sober for the next 24 hours, which I frankly thought was stupid because it was so simple. But he said, can you do it by God's strength? And will you follow up with me the next day? And in that gave me this lifeline that changed the trajectory of my life.
1: Let's talk about the harm principle for a second. It's that whole idea that oh, you know, what I'm doing doesn't hurt anybody else, so it's okay for me to do that. We're talking with John Elmore today at SWS Radio. The harm principle is totally flawed. People use this idea of the harm principle all the time. Like, okay, I can do what I want as long as it doesn't hurt someone else. It never works like that. It's not truth. Yeah, it's
0: interesting. So that whole premise—that's the main core theology between the Wiccan religion. I'm talking about like witches and wizardry and also Satanism. It's like do as you please, typically within the Wiccan religion and harm no one else. Like that is not any kind of like God informed truth. And the fact of the matter is it does affect other people. Sin leads to death and you just can't get your way out of that truism that God has given us. Sin does lead to death and it doesn't stay self-contained. There's a whole lot of that damage that hits other people. You see it in marriages. You see it with children of adult alcoholics. Like there's straight up an organization solely focused on those who grew up in alcoholic households. It never stays self-contained. So we have to address it. We've got to put it to death or it's going to kill us.
1: So what do we do with that when addiction has such a stronghold over so many families in our area?
0: There's two things I would say is that no one can stop sin apart from God. Like if you will just try to like white knuckle this maybe go to some groups or whatever. The Bible's clear that we are dead in our sins. We have no way to stop sinning. John Owen, famous theologian who wrote The Mortification of Sin, he talks about the negative work of the Holy Spirit, which sounds blasphemous, right? Like, wait, what could anything the Holy Spirit do be negative? How can you even say that? But he says, hey, we focus on the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all that stuff. That's the positive work. We neglect the negative work of the spirit. The negative work of the spirit is that the spirit is the sin killer. He kills sin. It's what he lives to do. And so sin is a supernatural problem and I don't have power over it. My willpower is not greater than sin's power. So I've got to bring God into the fight. And primarily by trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, to be made new, no longer a slave to sin. And then every single day, bringing the spirit into the fight. It's Romans 8, 13. It says, if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. Like if you do what you want to do, your fleshly desires, whether it's weed, pills, alcohol, nagging your husband, whatever it may be, the body image disorder, social media addiction, gambling, whatever it is, it'll lead to death. But God never leaves us there. He gives us this incredible, beautiful but of scripture. He says, but if, which is a conditional statement, if by the spirit, so the spirit is the means, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And we're all looking for that life and peace. And we're just trying to find them the false substitute. I tell people all the time, alcohol was not my problem. Alcohol was my solution. I needed to find a better solution.
1: Now Let's talk about marijuana for a minute because it's become legalized in a lot of the states where we're on here at SOS Radio, and you hear people all the time changing their opinion that they thought about marijuana five years ago to feeling like, oh, it's the same as alcohol today, and we know that's not true. But, John, you lead one of the world's largest recovery ministries, and where do you see the problems with marijuana right now?
0: Yeah, so it becomes a huge justification. Is it like, hey, law of the land, Romans 13, like if they say it's legal, then everything's fine. Like, I can go get my bowl filled and roll that joint, and like, it's legal now. The law says I can I can't even go to jail for this, and so why would I not, as a Christian, be given to this? Because it's the same as alcohol, and the Bible doesn't prohibit drinking. It prohibits being drunk, and here's what I would say. A couple of things. One, 1 Corinthians 6.12, it says, everything is permissible, not everything is beneficial, and I will not be mastered by anything. And so just because something is permissible by the law of the land does not make it necessarily beneficial. And it says we should not be mastered by anything. Now, I used to smoke a lot of weed, used to take a lot of pills, and I used to drink a whole lot. And there was not a whole lot of moderation in my life. For those who are arguing with me right now in their minds or in their car saying like, yeah, but I do have moderation. I'll smoke out once a month, you know, or special occasion. And 1 Peter 4 tells us to be sober-minded so that we can pray because the end of all things is near. And so we're to have a sober-mindedness. Now, as a former weed smoker, I haven't smoked or drank in 15 years. I know that there's no such thing as being partially stoned. You're either stoned or you're not. <laughs> now, there is such a thing as having one beer, one glass of wine. There is a there's a moderation there, but as far as marijuana goes, you're either high or you're not. And so there's not a sober mindedness. And our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit We're to honor God with our bodies. And so for me, regardless, not for me, for the Bible, the Bible makes it clear for the law of the land, regardless of that, the law of the Lord would say to honor him with our body and be sober minded. You can't be under the influence of weed.
1: We're talking about taking steps toward freedom, and we're talking about addiction. You know, It has a stronghold over so many of our families. We're talking with John Elmore today on SWS Radio. John has been sober for 15 years and leads one of the world's largest recovery ministries. But, John, you wrote a book called Freedom Starts Today. I mean, we all seek freedom. No one says, hey, I'm going to become an addict tomorrow, but we make a series of choices. And sometimes it's one choice. Sometimes it's only two choices. And we think we're strong stronger than our own will, don't we?
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. Almost everybody makes a New Year's resolution, right? Here we are three months into the New Year's and you're like, wait, that's completely, that's old news. You're talking about New Year's resolutions. The reason why is because nobody keeps them. Upwards of 90% of New Year's resolutions fail within the first two and a half weeks of having been made. And it's because willpower, they did a follow-up study. Why are all these resolutions failing? Like people know something's wrong. They want to make a change. They've started to make a change and two weeks in, they bail. And they said, they did the follow-up study and they said, we don't have enough willpower. That's why. And so that's where we need God's power. And someone asked me like, why? How's it going to help? Like I didn't want to be an addict, but here I am struggling with this thing. And here's what I did. I just wrote the book that I needed when I had zero days sobriety. I remember I walked into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and I was like, this is stupid. Like what am I going to do? Sit in a circle and listen to old drunks? who are now sober, talk about war stories of drinking. Like, how is this going to help me? And I was so desperate. And it did, frankly, because the guy in that meeting said, could you stay sober for the next 24 hours by God's strength? And I started making this daily proactive, not reactive, a proactive decision. I will not drink for the next 24 hours. Oftentimes we make a reactive confession instead of a proactive decision. We're like, well, I'll confess if and when it gets bad enough, I'll let somebody know the wheels really start to come off. And instead, this is a proactive decision for the next 24 hours. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to take pills. I'm not going to throw up after I eat, whatever it may be. And I'm going to tell somebody, I'm going to let them know I'm making that commitment by God's strength and follow up with them the next day to let them know how I did. And in doing so, I tell people all the time, don't focus on forever focus on today, which is exactly what Jesus said. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough troubles of its own. Instead, seek first His kingdom and righteousness today. And so that's how you warg in sin, and that's how you find freedom out of this addiction and bondage that everybody finds themselves in.
1: We're talking about how freedom starts today with John Elmore on SOS Radio there are several faith-based recovery programs out there today, but the statistics show that only about 7% of churches nationwide have a recovery program. That number seems so low, John.
0: I think that the church has forgotten and forsaken its responsibility to shepherd the flock. So we're told in 1 Peter 5, shepherd the flock among you. And I've got nothing against counselors. I've got nothing against rehabs. Some of my greatest friends and collaborators in ministry or Christian counselors and Christian rehabs. So, I'm not throwing stones at them. The the problem that I have is a pastor who when a person walks into their church and says, "Hey, I'm in prostitution, I've got a pill addiction that's now crossed over into meth or heroin, which is total epidemic fentanyl, whatever it is," like I have a problem and they slide a business card across the table and say, "Hey, well, I've never done that. I've never shot heroin. I've never snorted coke." I've never gambled. And so go see this person. And we are outsourcing our flock and their problems to other people, sometimes at the cost of like $180 an hour. And Jesus came to set people free, and he does it for free. It shouldn't have to cost. And so my problem is with churches who have said, yeah, you can come here on Sunday, but we're not going to shepherd you Monday through Saturday. That's wrong. And so the book is a resource for people who want to get free and also for pastors who don't know how to walk people out into that freedom, just as a, as a helpful tool. Like I'm not, I got no axe to grind. There's empathy there, but I, I just, I long for the church to be the emergency room of the community where people can come in with any struggle or addiction and not have to hide it, but instead can be open about it and not just be open, but find healing and freedom.
1: Well, John, when you look at the statistics, like what percentage of the church do you feel like probably is struggling with some form of addiction today?
0: This is terrifying. So two-thirds of Christian men are actively struggling with porn. And you know what? I don't even like the word struggling. Let's just call it what it is, addicted. Because if they wanted to stop, they would have a long time ago. They're addicted to it. There's a chemical release, the dopamine, the endorphins all of that that happens. And so it crosses over from lust into this physiological addiction, and then you're just stuck, and it's destroying marriages. You talked about the divorce rate and the breakdown of the family. This is where it all connects. And so two-thirds, that's two out of three Christian men. And I'm not, again, like Jesus, I'm not throwing stones and saying I condemn you. Like Jesus, I don't condemn you. But we got to go and sin no more, which is the balance of that verse. And so there's this call for repentance. And here's the other thing that's not talked about is among Christian women, it's between one and five and one in four that are struggling with porn and masturbation. So it's a regular thing and we've got to start talking about it. If we don't talk about it in the church, I mean, thank you, Scott, for talking about it on the radio because it's here among us. Like we've got this cancer and if we don't talk about it and just stick our heads in the sand, man, our sin will sideline us from the good works that God has for us in this life. And what often happens is we don't stop sins, we swap sins. And so we'll <laughs> think like, okay, well, I'm not going to smoke weed anymore, and then we go to alcohol, or I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to quit with the weed and then we switch to pharmaceutical pills, whatever it may be. We we just swap our addiction. We change from one thing to another rather than finding that healing in Christ. Other statistics that are really sobering is one in 7 senior pastors of churches have a porn addiction as well. Um one in 5 for youth pastors. And so this is not like some Hey, it's just among the people. This is, I mean, even pastoral staff struggling with anxiety control and other things. And so I guess my message is like, hey, the problem is there, but Jesus has the solution. Like he has always been there. And we've just forgotten. We've forgotten how to repent. Repent's become a bad word. Like, oh man, how are you going to be so harsh? Repent. Repent's not a harsh word. Repent is the path of freedom, but it's gotta be daily. It's a daily repentance, which it just means turning from sin by, it's an important word, by, the means by which you turn from sin is by turning towards Christ, just this daily abiding walk with the Lord and his people.
1: We're talking about beating addiction, finding some freedom from our hurts and our habits and our hangups. And we're talking with John Elmore today. He leads one of the world's largest recovery ministries at a church in Dallas. And I'll tell you what, John, when we dig into wanting to beat addiction, it starts with some daily exercises to help overpower the addiction. And you write about that in your new book, Freedom Starts Today.
0: Yeah, Scott, I imagine it like Everest. And so if I walk up to you, I'm like, hey, can you climb Everest today? I mean, the answer, is, the answer is no. But if I said, Scott, I'm going to walk with you. Can we walk 100 yards? I mean, what would you say?
1: Yes. Yeah, like we can sure. walk 100 sure, yards. I'll we'll try. walk together.
0: <laughs> that's, that's attainable. You hesitated, but I know you can. You got this. You got those beautiful Red Rocks parks there in Vegas. We can do this. We do it together. And you don't focus on forever. Just focus on today. I ask people when they come and they confess, they're torn up about their sin and their addiction. It's killing their marriage. They're losing their job, whatever it may be. And I say, hey, could you quit for the rest of your life? Like, it sounds like you're addicted to porn. Like, can you just quit for the rest of your life? And they hang their head and they say, no, I I wish I could. But I mean, history would say otherwise. I'm like, hey, look at me. I know. I know that's the case. I couldn't either. But could you not look at porn for the next 24 hours by God's strength? And I've always gotten the answer yes, no matter what the struggle. They're like, yeah, I could go 24 hours. I'm like, great. Hey, so go get a loan get on your knees, raise your hands, whatever. But like in a position of dependency, like ask the Lord to help you. And then tomorrow, what time is it right now? It's five o'clock. Okay. Hey, tomorrow at five o'clock, I want you to call me or text me and let me know how you did. And so when they get tempted around midnight, 2 a.m., they wake up in the middle of the night, they want to give in. They think, oh man, okay. I asked God to help me. And I got to follow up with that John guy tomorrow. John's going to ask me how I did. And their strength, there's like a resolve and a strengthening that happens there, which is Hebrews 3.13. It says, encourage one another daily so that you will not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so you go at this proactive just one day at a time. Don't try to quit for the rest of your life. When you try to quit for the rest of your life, that's like the New Year's resolution. That's going to fail. But just try to quit today. And as you quit today by God's strength with one other person, proactively, not reactively, you will find freedom. It's like, hey, God has said, that you're no longer a slave to sin and Satan. And so that's just true. He's either a liar or it's true. But Satan has sold us a false bill of goods that says this is your thing. It's always been your thing, and you're never going to be free. Maybe you won't go to hell when you die, but you're going to be stuck in this hell forever in this side of eternity, and you're always going to be a slave to this. And that's just not true. God has said otherwise, and we got to start claiming that truth and living in it.
1: Well, we're talking with John Elmore today at SOS Radio, and he has a new book called Freedom Starts Today. It's overcoming struggles and addictions one day at a time. Thank you so much for sharing with us, John.
0: Absolutely, Scott. Thank you for your ministry and what you're doing. So proud.
1: Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media.